Hey, welcome to the podcast. In this session, we're going to cover umbilical artery Doppler studies. The goal of antepartum fetal surveillance is to prevent fetal death. Antepartum fetal surveillance techniques based on assessment of the fetal heart rate have been in use for almost four decades and are used along with real-time ultrasound and umbilical artery Doppler velocimetry to evaluate fetal well-being. Antepartum fetal surveillance techniques are routinely used to assess the risk of fetal death in pregnancies complicated by existing maternal conditions like diabetes mellitus, sickle cell, lupus, or chronic hypertension. It's also used in which complications arise of new, like fetal growth restriction. In this podcast, we're going to focus on umbilical artery Doppler velocimetry. When should this study be done? And what are the exact results that we should be looking for? And what are those interpretations? Doppler ultrasound is a non-invasive technique used to assess the hemodynamic components of vascular resistance in pregnancies complicated by fetal growth restriction. Umbilical artery Doppler velocimetry has been adapted for use as a technique of fetal surveillance for the growth-restricted infant. Now, this is a big clinical pearl. Umbilical artery Doppler studies are done really only when the fetus is growth-restricted. This is based on the observation that flow velocity waveforms in the umbilical artery of normally growing fetuses differ from those of growth-restricted babies. Specifically, the umbilical flow velocity waveform of normally growing fetuses is characterized by high-velocity diastolic flow, whereas in growth-restricted fetuses, there is decreased umbilical artery diastolic flow. In some cases of severe fetal growth restriction, diastolic flow is absent or even reversed. The perinatal mortality rate in these pregnancies is significantly increased. Abnormal flow velocity waveforms have been correlated histopathologically with small artery obliteration in the placental tertiary villi and functionally with fetal hypoxemia and acidemia as well as with perinatal morbidity and mortality. Now, here's what we're talking about. The common indices, the common results that we're looking for with the Doppler arterial velocity waveform includes the systolic to diastolic ratio, otherwise known as the SD ratio, the resistance index, as well as the pulsatility index. Let's cover what these specific indices mean in the next section right now. Umbilical artery impedance indices are calculated by using ultrasound to measure the blood flow waveforms from the uterine arteries through a free-floating portion of the umbilical cord. The S stands for the systolic peak or maximum velocity. This is the maximum velocity during contraction of the fetal heart. D stands for the end diastolic flow. This is the continuing forward flow in the umbilical artery during the relaxation phase of the fetal heartbeat. The resistance index is defined as a systolic velocity minus the diastolic velocity over the systolic velocity. Now, in the normal fetus, the resistance to flow, that's called the impedance, decreases in the umbilical artery 
due to increased numbers of tertiary stem villi as the placenta matures. So that's a clinical pearl. As the pregnancy advances, the resistance to flow, the impedance, naturally decreases as the placenta matures and as the pregnancy progresses. All right, once the Doppler waveforms are obtained, the categories of results are typed as type 1, 2, or 3, with 3 being the most at risk. Type 1 represents an abnormal resistance index, but blood flow is still present during diastole. Now, when these waveforms are measured and plotted, if the resistance index increases to a value that is higher than normal for the expected gestational age, that could signify a fetus who is at risk. Remember, we're talking about babies already at risk because of suspected IUGR. But if the resistance index is higher than normal, more frequent testing and repeat Doppler studies should be performed as soon as 48 hours and no later than one week. A type 2 result includes absent blood flow during diastole. Now, this is a more serious issue than we just discussed as type 1 because blood flow is absent during fetal diastole. Now, fetuses with this type of finding should be monitored very closely with repeat testing advised in the short-term period. Type 3 result is the most abnormal, and that reflects reversal of diastolic flow during fetal diastole. When the resistance in the placenta increases further, absent diastolic flow becomes reverse diastolic flow. This is seen in the Doppler waveform when it's plotted in the ultrasound as a waveform under the baseline. Now, when the fetus develops this type of abnormality, intense surveillance is required if the fetus is less than 32 weeks and delivery is suggested at 32 weeks of gestation or more. We have to say that again because this is a clinical pearl. Randomized studies on the utility of umbilical artery Doppler have defined abnormal flow as either absent or reversed and diastolic flow. And remember, according to the college, there's currently no evidence that umbilical artery Doppler velocimetry provides information about fetal well-being in the fetus with normal growth. In other words, unless the child is fetal growth restricted, umbilical artery Doppler studies should not be ordered to assess for fetal well-being. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, as we wrap up this podcast, let's just talk about the recommended management based on Doppler velocimetry results. Now, we mentioned this and we touched on it just briefly in the prior section, but let's go into that in a little bit more detail right now. There are no definitive randomized clinical trials to guide the timing of delivery of the growth-restricted fetus on the basis of umbilical artery Doppler waveforms. 
However, there are guidelines that can help us here. Guidelines from the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine suggest that with absent end diastolic flow, delivery should be considered at or beyond 34 weeks of gestation. And when reversed end diastolic flow is present, delivery should be considered at or beyond 32 weeks of gestation. However, corticosteroid administration for fetal lung maturity can still be given. Now, when the SD ratio is elevated, remember, that implies an increase in resistance, and that usually is defined as greater than the 95th percentile. But diastolic flow is still present, then we can actually delay delivery until 37 weeks. In the absence of obstetric contraindications, delivery of the fetus with an abnormal test result often can be attempted by induction of labor and vaginal birth with continuous interpartum fetal monitoring of the fetal heart rate advised by the American College of OBGYN to look for the possibility of recurrent late decelerations. All right, that wraps up our quick review of umbilical artery Doppler studies. The reference and the data for this podcast came from the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine, as well as the ACOG Practice Bulletin number 145. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.